0: An aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you that we're about two weeks out from the start date of my electric opening mastermind. Maybe you're considering it yourself. Maybe you have someone you love in your life who you just know could benefit from it and you want to share it. So I'm going to remind you what it's all about. It's a six-week program tailored to moms who are in transitional spaces. So maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel a little bit resigned or indifferent, like you just lost your purpose. Maybe you changed your career trajectory because it just wasn't working and you're doing something different, working less or completely quit working, but you're not feeling totally at home with just being a caregiver. Maybe you're a mom who's Kids finally started elementary school. So you're coming up for a hot breath of air, or they're just going to a few hours of daycare or preschool, anything. And suddenly you have this little crack of spaciousness and you're not even quite sure where to start, but you know you're ready to show up for yourself in a more meaningful way. If any part of that resonates with you, I want to invite you to explore a massive, fresh sense of play and possibility. We'll be learning so much. It's a six-week program, and you can get all the details at myelectricideas.com backslash mastermind, or you're always welcome to reach out to me. Like many people continue to do via Instagram. You can find me at, at Whitney Woman. And with that, let's move on. Oh, we got a good guest today. Her name is Dr. Caroline Iskovitz, and she has a doctorate in psychology and practiced in the marriage and family therapy space for a long time. But around five years ago, she was really pulled to leave the mental health field and get more into coaching. So today she focuses on being an entrepreneur coach and wellness consultant. In her capacity as a coach, she's really built out these four pillars that serve as a framework for how she works with clients. And she's going to share a lot of goodness from each area with us today. So those pillars are work-life integration, boundaries, self-love, And emotional balance within our relationships. And after this conversation, even though these are big topics and could be individually a topic for a podcast alone, it's a really interesting reminder just how interwoven all these things are. So with that, let's get started. All right, Dr. Caroline, I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. So in your deep experience, both as a psychologist and a coach, One thing that I know comes up a lot is you find women have trouble prioritizing themselves against a lot of other roles. Why do you think that happens so often to women?
1: I think a lot of times it's that caretaker in us sometimes where we just want to take care of everybody first and make sure everyone's good before looking at ourselves, especially I see this a lot more with moms or adults that are taking care of their parents or any other siblings kind of parentified as a child and have done that for a long time. But I think, too, it's just it's almost like not feeling like enough or they deserve to take care of themselves first and foremost. So I see that common theme as well across the board. I mean, it varies person to person, of course, but as a whole and generalization, that's what I typically see.
0: And I know we're jumping right in here (laughs) because I just was like, oh, she's got so much to share. I want to make sure (laughs) we get to it all. But what happens when we routinely put ourselves at the bottom of the list as women?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of it goes to burnout. I experienced that personally. I'm not a mom, but I experienced that. And I see that with a lot of my clients too, where they're so passionate about what they're doing, but then they forget to take breaks. They forget to nourish their mind, their body, and their soul. And I think that's where a lot of people miss the boat where it's like, oh, I'll have time to eat later or I can sleep when I'm dead. Like people say that all the time and it's really reframing that story and that narrative of, well, you have to work hard to get ahead, where it's you just have to work smarter to get ahead and really prioritize your time and your energy. And really, I think the thing is, too, where people are working so hard, they're not prioritizing their energy because a lot of times we have like this energy peak where some people are really good in the mornings, like I'm a morning person. And I'm like, okay, everything where I need to be on camera or like really creativity wise is in the morning. And then things that don't take as much brain power I do in the evening versus I have a lot of friends that are night owls where they are up at all hours. And that's their creative genius zone and getting things done or taking care of themselves or going to a gym class or a yoga class, whatever it is. But I think it's understanding to where we're putting our energy. And a lot of times we go to the bottom of the list. If we're taking care of clients, we're taking care of everyone around us and we don't prioritize that that's where a lot of things fall through the cracks. And I've seen personally,
0: that makes sense. And I'm really glad for how you put it. Cause you know, you said we forget to take breaks. We forget to nourish our mind and body and soul. And I think sometimes the conversation around burnout, people immediately jump to some soul-sucking job, but the way you phrased it made me think, you know, it might be something we're really passionate about that we love, you know, <laughs> or we like love that caregiver role, but it, it it can't be to the extent of ghosting our own needs Right.
1: Yes. No, you're absolutely right. I love that you put the ghosting in there too, because it it is like, (laughs) you know, I like you said, first I got very burnt out in the field of psychology and that's when I left, but then I started getting burnt out in the entrepreneurial world. So it can happen in anything that you love doing. It's just, you can start to see physical symptoms too. It might not just be so obvious, But like my hair started falling out. I dropped a lot of weight that I didn't need to drop and it wasn't intentional. It was just all of the stress. And a lot of times people don't even realize the level of stress they're under because they might be used to a high stress job or environment. So it just feels like it's normal when in reality, it's not normal of what they're doing. And that's where the burnout comes in.
0: It's just become a way of of operating. That makes sense. Well, This actually dovetails perfectly into your framework, because in order to what I would say in like reading what you've written, I feel like you have this framework that helps women just be more intentional with their approach to work and family and health so that they're not completely neglecting any one area. Is that fair?
1: That's very fair. Yes. I think too, it's like the intentionality of not everything's going to be perfect. It's not like in a little box with a pretty little bow. That's not the reality. And I used to say work-life balance all the time, but I don't believe in that anymore in the last few years because I do think it's integrating everything of what makes sense in that season of your life too, because seasons change just like in life, but that's like also figuratively and literally of just maybe where you are, maybe you're single, then you get married, have children, or you have a full-time job and then you switch jobs or do something completely different. Or maybe it's just having a sabbatical and taking time off. Like you're going to have different times and it's being able to honor that of where your needs are and meeting yourself where you're at of what you need in that moment.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So I do think that it's kind of, for me, something I've been thinking about a lot recently is just being intentionally a little out of balance or just accepting that, but not having it feel like it's happening to you, you know? So maybe we're in a really full season of our lives where we don't get to do all the things that we'd like to do to take care of ourselves. But I'm hoping that maybe by talking through your framework a little bit, it might help people reflect on just doing what they can in the season we're in. Like you said, I loved how you put that. So can you give us a very high level overview of this framework you've developed, knowing that we'll have plenty of time to drill in the hopefully all of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'll go as quick as possible, but very high level. And it starts with work-life integration. So like I was just mentioning, it's being able to integrate work and life. So if you have a meeting, maybe it becomes a lunch meeting. So you're combining the two. Maybe it is you have to run an errand, but you take a call while you're on the way to the errand. Maybe you're going to your kid's soccer game. Maybe you have to drop something off for a customer or something, depending on what it is or whatever it could be. Just even in life, it's just being able to merge the two. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you need that time with a friend, your kid's at gymnastics, and you get to talk to that mom while you're at gymnastics. So it's being able to really integrate the two. And then the second piece is self-love. So once you have that integration between the two, it's really looking at your self-esteem, your self-confidence, your self-worth, and really pouring into yourself. It's not just the physical things you can do for self-love, but really just the everyday like forgiveness and just understanding you're not perfect, and that's okay. And then moving into boundaries, it's really being able to set boundaries. And the hardest are with ourselves. Like it's honoring and respecting ourselves first. So it makes it easier and understandable of why we're setting boundaries with others. And then it moves into emotional balance within our relationships. So a lot of times we need to really regulate our own emotions. So that doesn't impact the relationships it's going to, but really being able to understand where your emotions are. So you can really navigate that more efficiently and effectively.
0: Okay. That is a beautiful (laughs) list. And you were so succinct. I'm actually very (laughs) impressed because I feel like in a lot of ways, all four of those topics, I actually pulled my listeners because I was like, "What do you guys want to learn more about?" And it was pretty much a, a mixed bag in all of the above <laughs> because I feel like we could spend an entire podcast episode on any of those. Yes. But I, <laughs> hey, I'm going to give the people what they want. We're going to get a little dip in each of those buckets, and because I do the, especially just with now how you're explaining it to me, I, I see the the progression. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of starts so. Let's start with work-life integration. So one of the things you're known for is helping women just, like you said, seamlessly integrating our work life. But you also talk about helping women with tools that help them work smarter instead of harder. And I think every woman wants those in their in their tool bag. So what are some <laughs> of your favorite tools you you share with clients?
1: Yeah, I think it goes to prioritizing. You know, this isn't mine. It's something I learned, so I can't take credit for it. (laughs) But it's being able to really look at your top three priorities every day. So for instance, mine are, I'm doing something for my health, something for my relationships and something for my business. So you can interchange this, but for your health, okay, I'm taking my vitamins. I'm meditating. I'm doing things that are helping my mind and my body. And then going into my relationships, maybe I'm sending that text to a friend. I'm having quality time with my boyfriend. I am just texting my mom or having a call with my mom. So just making sure I'm doing something for at least one of my relationships because sometimes it's hard and like life is happening, <laughs> but the quality time or just like, Hey, I'm thinking of you for a friend or whatnot and going into my business too, doing something that's going to move my business forward. If you're not an entrepreneur, if you're a stay-at-home mom, doing something for yourself, it might not just be your health, but like doing something for you, or maybe it's getting the laundry done or running that errand. So just really putting those top three priorities For that day in order to really understand where your time is going and your energy. Like I was talking about earlier too, but I really focus on that. So it's working smarter, knowing that you're not going to get everything done in one day, as much as we would love to. I know it's like we have one thing and then it's like 10 more things or a hundred more things that need to get done as well.
0: I like your prioritization method though, because I'm, I'm, I'm very similar. I like to, you know, plan out my week and prioritize like my big things that I'm going to do in the day. But I kind of like this permission to think about it in buckets. Like yours were health relationships and your business, right? Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Because back to the different seasons, maybe you're in a really busy season at work or a super demanding, if you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe it's a super demanding family time. Mm -hmm. But if you have those other buckets in mind every single day is almost a filter for remembering your priorities. Mm -hmm. Like you said, even if it's sometimes like a text, like, Hey, I'm thinking of you to Mm -hmm. your significant other can go a long way longer than we think. Right. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate that. Okay. So, all right, we've got that set. Love that advice. And now the next thing you talked about was self-love. How do we nourish ourselves? How do we set the stage for loving ourselves more?
1: Mm. This is a really hard one. I know I had a really hard time with this personally, and that's where I kind of created this whole framework was my own personal journey and then taking others through it as well. But I think it's really difficult when you're so hard on yourself or your own worst critic, Like this is the meat of the process, like the first pillar and the last pillar. It's like, I feel like those that like hold it together, but the inside is really the meat with self-love. You know, originally there's just such a, it's a trend word, but what does it really mean? And I think it's really about you make a mistake. You forgive yourself. What does it look to forgive yourself? I know I've made so many mistakes in my life. I am not perfect. (laughs) Perfect. but how I would really beat myself up if I made a mistake. It could be something small and I would beat myself up about it and not realize. And I see that so much with so many of my clients, so many moms in particular of I'm not the perfect mom or their lunchbox didn't look perfect in like the little squares or anything. You know, it could be anything small, but recognizing, acknowledging, okay, it wasn't perfect, but I still respect myself. I still love myself and acknowledge I did my best, the best I could. Because I think when we get caught up in that framework of just I'm not good enough or it didn't matter what I just did or anything like that, especially I think like moms in particular, it feels like, well, I'm just supposed to do this versus, oh, I get to do this or the kids do appreciate it. They might not say it, but, you know, it's like those little subtle things that I think are so much more important than like the big things that you normally see, like bubble baths or like I'm going to go for a run or like those are all great things. but really. I go more on the inside of everything of just like, how is that internally affecting your hormones, your body, your mind, everything like, because that really does play such an impact. And I've really been looking more into the, the nervous system recently of how that really affects us. And I know like my dissertation for school was all about the mind body connection. And like, for me, I would carry a lot of stress and anxiety in my stomach and that would impact how I felt, but I didn't realize the physical symptoms because I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't speaking up. And I see this so much with a lot of clients or just individuals that are in my circle where they might not say what's on their mind. And saying what's on your mind is part of self-love. It's part of honoring and respecting yourself and being able to pour into yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. We've heard it so many times. There's like when you go on a plane, put your own oxygen mask on first and then others... But a lot of times we're constantly putting the oxygen mask on everyone else. And that's where we fall short on that priority list. And it's really bringing ourselves up. So we have so much more to give if we're taking care of ourselves. And it's really hard to learn and practice. And it's a constant practice. I mean, I still am constantly reminding myself. And because like I said, I'm not perfect. And it's practicing what you preach, of course. But at the same time, it's recognizing there's going to be slip ups. You're not going to get it every day. Right. But it's recognizing I'm moving a little closer to that.
0: This is amazing. This is so attuned with, with my beliefs. And I agree because I think a lot of women are like, hmm. I, I feel, I agree. First of all, back to self-love being kind of a little nebulous buzzword hashtag right now. Mm-hmm. And I think some of my biggest breakthroughs on, on my journey, I'll share with you is, is realizing that Yes take the bubble bath, you know, go get your haircut, do all those things. If it makes you feel good. Great. But a lot of women are just yearning for that deeper internal feeling Mm -hmm. of connectivity and and fire within and true acceptance. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad you're sharing that. And also I wanted to see if this resonates with you. I I was actually coincidentally, you know how the, the universe works. Sometimes I was listening to something by Tara Brock this morning and it was about how some people, the f- word forgiveness gets a little lodged mm-hmm. and sticky for them. Mm-hmm. But I agree, especially moms and lots of women, we just beat ourselves up for little things unnecessarily sometimes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she was talking about that really has stuck with me, so I'll share it, is is just how can you hold yourself in loving compassion in subbing that in for forgiveness, Mm -hmm. like the concept of loving compassion, just being like, it's okay. You know, I did my best. And and so that's kind of a, just a a reflection I wanted to share.
1: Mm. That's beautiful. I think that's so important too. You know, I think it's the words we use and the framework we use and how we can shift that. And I do love the aspect of love and compassion because I think that's a core of self-love is self-compassion underneath all of that too, because if we don't have that, how can we move forward from something or just acknowledge what's going on for us?
0: Yes. Okay. So now we get to move to boundaries and I (laughs) want to share this Brene Brown quote that's on your website because it's such a great reminder. And it says, daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves, even when we risk disappointing others. So I've talked about boundaries just in some degrees with various guests on this show, but I really love how you're honing in on setting boundaries with ourselves. So let's go there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's one thing to set with others, but when we're setting boundaries with ourselves, when we do that, we give ourselves permission to say no to others, because I think when we're really understanding what we'll accept, what we'll tolerate and what we won't, It allows us to kind of take that step back and evaluate, okay, am I okay with this? And if you say, I'm not okay with it, and then you do it anyway, you're disrespecting yourself and you're not honoring those wishes. And it could be really difficult, especially if it's helping somebody, for instance, we want to help, we want to do amazing things in this world. And we are, however, it's really looking at, can I put one more thing on my plate? Is my plate going to topple over because I just have so much on there? And that's where the boundaries get loose or we're just like, okay, just this one time. And that one time turns into multiple times, or then we start to feel guilty for not honoring or respecting ourselves. And it could be like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. And then you don't go to the gym because somebody needs your help. And then you're just, you're not honoring what you needed to do for you to get in that right headspace, or how like especially working out, it releases endorphins and being able to feel better and reduce stress. But then now you're more stressed because you have no time to go to the gym. So it's just really looking at like, how are you following through with what you're saying? Because that's a huge part of setting boundaries. You can set the boundary, but it's that follow through and implementation of actually doing it. Because a lot of times people can set it, but then the follow through is just the hardest part was what I'm basically saying. Um, But being able to understand that too, I think it's just Once you have that major self-compassion and self-love for yourself, it does make it easier to set those boundaries because you know your worth, you know what you deserve, you know what you need in order to do that. And it is harder to do it with ourselves versus others. But at the end of the day, we're focusing on trusting that we're doing what's best for us. And that's why it's so important that we set those boundaries with ourselves. It's not to contain us, it's more to expedite our energy and be able to show up the way we want to show up.
0: I like how you just said they're not supposed to contain us too, because the word boundaries can feel almost constrictive. Mm -hmm. And I think that mindset shift that you're talking about, it's almost like when I set my boundaries and I know I'm going to show up for myself and make that a priority and make it something that I don't feel guilty about. Right. It's just Mm -hmm. like trusting that when I show up for myself, I am going to better serve all these people that want my time and attention. Yes. Is a major shift for me. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced that with a lot of clients?
1: Yes, I think too, it's just, it can be really challenging in the beginning for them because there is like a negative connotation sometimes to the word boundaries. And I think it is been a huge like reset and reframe changing the narrative for them to recognize that the boundaries are to show up more powerfully for their families, for their friends, for their business, for their job, wherever they are at life, they're able to shift that. And I just see it. You see it in people's faces too. They like are more like lit up and they're more focused and they just feel more energized because they had that time. They maybe were able to get that 10 minute workout in or meditation or in the morning, just having that cup of coffee in peace for two minutes before the kids wake up. So it's just like really recognizing too, when they're able to pour into themselves and make it a non-negotiable, that's when everything shifts for them.
0: Okay. So we've got prioritizing the filters in the beginning, what are some other practices that you share with clients who want to experience this shift and they, they want to show up for themselves, but they just kind of have lost track of that. And somehow they're never on the top of the list.
1: Yeah. It's really hard in the beginning too, like, because a lot of the clients that might not have been able to set boundaries at all, like this is like so foreign to them. I'll have them write it down, like write down like the bullet points of what the boundary is or what you're trying to do. Because a lot of times there is the voice of communication. It's a little harder for them to get it out, to set that boundary or to set that non-negotiable, even with themselves. So writing it down, sometimes people can see it. It's like pen to paper shifts or even in their notes section. But I always suggest pen to paper. It's a little bit stronger, I think, (laughs) just from a personal experience. But Anyways, with that being said, being able to really write it down and then practicing it in the mirror, if really hearing themselves say it out loud or recording themselves, but hearing themselves say it and eventually it might be like a few weeks even before they're actually able to say it and that's like the extreme case <laughs> But being able to really practice that or even like with a trusted friend or your significant other or somebody that's in your circle that you could practice that with like, hey, I'm really trying to like set more boundaries with myself. Can I practice on you? Can I like say it out loud to you? So it's almost like somebody's holding them accountable because they can say it to me, but somebody that's in their circle that can kind of help them navigate it. That's right there as well, or that can support them. That's been another really amazing shift for people too but it is scary. Like I won't lie, it's scary for a lot of them. Um it was scary for me when I first started setting boundaries years ago, but I think it's more practice and repetition is when it starts to get a little bit easier for them too.
0: So give me an example of a boundary that you or someone you've coached has set that someone could practice with themselves or practice in the mirror because some women like you said, this is, this is, you know, every day for some women and for some women, this is going to be foreign and they might have this sense that they've got leaky energy and that they don't have boundaries, but maybe they don't even know what an example of a boundary they need to set for themselves is.
1: So something like super small and simple, I'll start with that. I think it's, especially when a lot of moms don't have time, they don't have time to give to themselves. So I always suggest waking up a few minutes early before the kids get up, not like an hour early, because that doesn't seem realistic. I like to keep it realistic so they can start to increase or make any shifts. So I even start with, okay, well, maybe it's a meditation is like a one thing that a lot of people struggle with that I've suggested to. They're like, I don't want to do that. My thoughts go rampant. And that's okay. It's acknowledging those thoughts in meditation. So I'll suggest wake up. Five minutes early, put on like I always suggest the Calm app because it's a free app um, to do just a quick one minute meditation. Just let themselves listen to the guided meditation and do that every day for the next like five days. And a lot of them struggle in the beginning. They're like, "Okay, I could only do thirty seconds, and then I got distracted and I turned it off." Or the kids woke up a little bit earlier, so it's shifting the time frame. So I think it's really being able to start very small. So whatever the big goal is, I always have them work backwards. So hopefully I'm explaining this clearly, but, but being able to work backwards. And so that's why I'm like, start with a one minute meditation. That might seem excruciating for people. And it could be. So then if it is, I'm like, okay, let's go down to 30 seconds. Let's get that mainstream for five days in a row. So like building that habit of doing it for 30 seconds. And then once they have that down for like five days, okay, let's increase it to a minute. Let's see how you do with that or even 45 seconds, but it's like those small tangible things. And so with the moms in particular, what I noticed with one, she started doing it for 30 seconds a day because the minute was not working for her <laughs> at all. She's like, no, <laughs> but the 30 seconds, she did it for a week and then we increased it to 45 seconds. And then she started doing it for a minute and then two or three months, it was about two months later. She was doing it every single day for about a minute and a half. And it was just this repetition of her continuing to do it. She felt more energized. She felt more focused throughout the day. She had that time before the kids woke up. She had three kids, but really being able to have that alone time and just be with her thoughts. And she started to get more creative. She worked full-time as well. So she was working full-time while doing all this. And she started to notice a shift at her fo- like the focus at work, being able to show up differently She ended up getting a promotion. All these things happened within about like six months or so, but it was based off of her just taking the time for herself. It was something so small that tweaked everything. And that boundary was like having that time with herself in the morning to just regroup and start before everything went chaotic.
0: This is such an important message for women to hear because I couldn't agree more. I think that somehow sometimes women just get it in their head that they almost need like, To be on a desert island or go on a retreat or do something crazy different to change their lives. Mm -hmm. And I am such a deep believer, and I'm so glad you're talking about this about the ripple effect of just small, intentional actions. And the fact that one of your clients literally did something for 30 seconds for themselves every day, Mm -hmm. anybody can do that, right? Yes. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's not surprising to me. And this seems so, natural to flow into the emotional balance within relationships, because I'm sure you've experienced when women are able to kind of like work through the work-life integration and the self-love and the boundaries that this impacts their closest relationships.
1: Oh, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I love this heart or this pillar, because I really pull from my marriage and family therapy background and being able to understand too our relationships, they evolve, they change over time, especially when you start adding other family members, children, maybe you move all these other factors really impact a relationship. So with being able to set those boundaries, once you're setting the boundaries with yourself, and then starting with others, it really makes it The flow of emotional balance is really the communication piece, being able to communicate what's going on for you, not holding things in, being able to express yourself, especially when you have a full life, whether you're an entrepreneur or working in corporate or you have an amazing job or you're a stay at home mom, whatever you're doing in this world Really being able to have that time with your significant other, have that time with your friends, your family, the different pockets of where you want your time to go, but being able to communicate effectively, asking for that time. Because I think a lot of times if, for instance, I have experiences with a stay-at-home mom and the husband goes to work And she feels like she doesn't have that quality time and she might not be able to express that of like, I need this. I need this for our relationship and feels guilty of asking because he's working so hard and she's proud of him, but not being able to have that quality time, but being able to communicate that, asking what you need, what you deserve. But it comes from really being able to be balanced within ourselves. So we can express that very clearly and efficiently. It might not be received well, but we can only do what we can do. And it really comes down to being able to communicate those factors of what we're feeling inside, being able to vocalize that as well with our relationships of all kinds.
0: How can we do a better job in our relationships of, okay, let's say we're in a good place of awareness where we're like, maybe you need help. Maybe you need more time. Maybe time with your significant other, maybe you need more alone time. I think it's really common for women to wait until their breaking point. And it bubbles up and it comes out in a way that's passive aggressive or argumentative. And then it's a shame spiral because it's like, oh, I didn't want to say it that way. But I think we just put ourselves in this position sometimes. So what's a way that we can get better about communicating in a more proactive way so that our needs are met before we're at a breaking point? mm mm-hmm. That's
1: a great question. See, I used to struggle with this too. <laughs> um, if I'm being honest, but I think too, it's, you know, I've seen this with a lot of my female clients of how there is a breaking point, but how do you work backwards? So it really goes back to being able to really sit with yourself. Okay. Well, hey, what do I need right now? Is it that I need that alone time? Okay. Have I done that the last week? And a lot of times From what I've experienced, but also what I've seen with clients, is like around that time of month, it becomes a little bit more on edge because you're feeling more emotional. Not everyone, but a lot that I've seen. So it's just really being proactive of knowing, okay, I I need that quality time. When's the last time we've had quality time? Okay, it's been two weeks and it's that time of month. And then it's like, it gets really intense and you bottle up and explode. So instead of doing that, how can you be like, hey, okay, in two weeks, hey, let's go to dinner. Let's go on a walk. Doing those things that you know are really going to light you up or feel like you've had that conversation with your significant other. You've had that quality time versus if it's alone time, for instance. Okay, keeping track. And that's why I'm really with the like priorities, like I was saying in the beginning too, of the pillars is really understanding, did you have that quality time? Did you prioritize that time for you? Being able to make sure that is a priority and it could be small things every day. And I think if we do small things every day, it doesn't explode. It doesn't get to that point. And that's why, like, even sending a quick text to somebody, like, okay, even if it's not the quality time you're wanting, it's something. And it's those little things make such a big difference. It's like a drop in the water the ocean that might not seem like something, but then all those drops, like all the little drops, it makes a big difference. So I think it's really looking at how can we do something every day, no matter how tiny it might seem to us, but doing it every single day or a few times a week to really get fulfilled and like fill your bucket of those little drops.
0: Yes. And as you're talking, what's coming to me is it's almost impossible if you're thinking about something every day to have it get so neglected that it blindsides you, that you're almost blindsided, you know, as we were talking about before with, with kind of a, a need that like snuck up on you. That was really, really left abandoned. Okay, (laughs) great. Well, we're coming up on time and this is going to give I know our listeners so much to, to think about, but before I say goodbye to my guests, I always ask them one question and that's what's one question every woman should be asking themselves more.
1: That's a really good question. I would say one question to ask yourselves is what did you do for yourself today?
0: That's beautiful. Okay, I know that everyone's going to want to follow you and learn more. So tell us where we can find you.
1: Yes, um, you can find me on almost every social media platform, Dr. Caroline Iskowitz. <laughs> and my website is com. And yeah, I'm everywhere <laughs> now.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a complete honor. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.